Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. It's the home improvement red eye episode of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. HR's grumpiest and saltiest. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad, get off my lawn, so wash. On this week's show, LinkedIn is raising, iSIM's Colin is unloading, and we end the podcast with a facial. Grab a <laughs> washcloth and get comfortable. We'll be right back after this word from Canvas. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. This is Ed from Phil. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Damn straight. I'm in a mood this week, so wash. You're always in a mood. I was on a red eye. I haven't slept. I've got handymen in my house. I've got water draining in all the wrong places. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm in a mood. So be warned, everybody. I could Anything could come out of my mouth this week. Suck it up, buttercup. Let's do this. By the way, I think we've 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 got a we got an explicit explicit uh, rating uh, without actually cussing or doing anything bad just from the uh, the opening uh, that we did there. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to shout outs. You've got a, a ton. Yeah, of let me run through a few real quick. Dave and Joanne for sending me some delicious flammable material IPA. That's right. I keep getting beer in the mail. And I love it. So this is this is going to be fun for me because I came home to a FedEx with beer in it. Damn it! So you are not the only one to get the love. So uh, in your face, sucker! In your face! Ah, uh, damn it! Okay, so I'm going to revive <laughs> with uh, thanks to shout out to new listener from South Africa, Lindy Endelbrecht. Hello, Lindy. Get all your South African friends to be listening to the Chad and Cheese. Uh, I think we've got a double shout out for Tim Meehan. Why don't you go ahead and start yours? Yeah, Meehan's got quite the sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> he's sort of equal. He's sort of equal parts complimentary and equal parts just total diss. Uh, he said, uh, which I love. Uh, indeed, should worry about the bots and not so much about ZipRecruiter. Uh, which I kind of tend to agree. Everyone should worry about the bots. Um, I don't think Zip is on top of mind for Indeed as much as Google is, but Tim, I appreciate the sentiment and agree with most of your comments. Yeah, I, I would say that there's no question that Indeed is worrying about Zip. If you take a look at the new AppCast, 
uh, rankings that came out. If they're not, they should. But Tim also said he wants to know what the benchmark is to get a t-shirt because it shouldn't be very hard since we only have about five subscribers. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Tim. Well done. And that's including family, Tim. So thanks, man. I appreciate that. Dude, you can't leave people hanging. You can't leave people hanging on the app cast thing without a little bit of, of color on that. Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's actually a shred that's out there uh, that will be out there by the time we we publish this. So <laughs> if you haven't subscribed to Chad and Cheese, the only way that you're going to get a shred is to be able to subscribe. And it's only going to be like a three to five minute podcast. So that's how you're going to get some in-depth information about AppCast is subscribe. It'll be there and you're welcome. And that's what we call a tease in the podcast business. That's right, bitches. Uh, <laughs> Duarte Mendonca, thanks for listening and commenting on our stuff. He's always engaged. Love that guy. Dave Phoebus, he loves Aldo Nova 80s rock road trips. So he loved he loved the show, believe it or not. There's, there's no need to restate the obvious. Who doesn't love <laughs> Aldo Nova? Life is just a fantasy. <laughs> Lauren, Kyle, and Adam... And the rest of the crew at Hierologies for having us in. We're also going to drop another pod uh, later, probably next week or something like that, where we uh, we were actually guests on a podcast. So we're going to republish it. And uh, it, was, it was pretty good stuff. Yeah, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to ERE, uh, where I was this week. Uh, gave a little talk on Google for Jobs and uh, actually had two... Uh, podcast fans come up and want a, a selfie with me so that was my little taste of <laughs> of uh i don't know justin bieber bieberland uh over in uh, san diego this week so That's thanks awesome. to them i will i will dig out my uh, business cards and find out who those who those ladies were yeah from now on you need to take uh, a chad cutout with you just in case and i'll do the same when when i'm traveling without you mine i <laughs> obviously need an entirely new suitcase for that nice, um nice. chad and cheese t-shirt selfies aplenty so shout out to all those individuals that are out there doing the chad and cheese uh selfies when they get the t-shirts and that also reminds me ryan Kerstoy over at krt you owe us a selfie uh the the funniest Thus far, though, is Louise Triance over uh, in the UK uh, saying mm-hmm. that I spelled her name wrong on the T-shirt. <laughs> Chad and Louise. Get it? I get it. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> spell cheese without Louise or something. Uh, right. Shout out to Terry Baker, our boy at Pando Logic. What? Uh, for uh, sporting for tickets to a Padres game uh, when I was in San Diego this week and uh, met his son, Pete, who's a, a very nice guy as well. Nice. Uh, so lastly, um, the, uh, the whiskey house oh. in San Diego, Come holy on. shit, dude. Yeah. Um, if you love whiskey, this place was like a library of booze, um, complete with like the ladder to get stuff on the third, fourth <laughs> and fifth shelf. Um, the most random, hard to get whiskey you could think of. So shout out to them. The fact that someplace like that exists is a very, very good thing. You were sending me pics the entire fucking time and I was drooling <laughs> uh, a couple, a couple, a couple of things. So pods to look out for Mike Timpkin from Shaker. He's a fucking in- industry treasure. 
that's going to be somebody that we're going to be pushing out within the next week or so. Nathan Perrot from AIA. We're going to be talking about the Rec Tech hype cycle. And last but not least, we have events. Next week, we're at Tauru. Ye be poo without Tauru. <laughs> For an invitation-only event where we will be unplugged. If you're not there, sorry about that. Suckers. TA Tech Europe deathmatch that is going to be fucking outstanding dude TA tech deathmatch we've got candidate id we've got a fucking interviewing robot yeah in kilts we have have an interviewing fucking robot we have opening.io with their algorithm candidate matching and we just got maya to hook up so now we have a chat bot on stage as well this is going to be fucking hot yeah maya was the cherry on top this yes. is a massively awesome lineup uh can't wait to get out there to to portugal and uh rock that shit so stoked recruit philly after that then we're live at job case uh after that and i'll be at job gate where i'm not going to be doing anything except for sitting in the back and listening to smart people talk so that's awesome by the way we have a live feed from philly right now this is ed from philly you're listening to the chad and cheese podcast let's get to the news shall we yep monster commercials discuss yeah uh, there's not much to discuss <laughs> i started watching these i watched the first one and i thought wow i mean literally they are dark in every single way you can think of the message is dark the lighting is dark Everything, the emotion, th there's nothing that's inspiring about any of these ads. They make you want to crawl in a hole <laughs> and, and not work another day in your life. Right? I can just waste away. So I, I couldn't believe it because the monster ads that we've been seeing, the 15, 30 second ads have been spot on. Very positive messaging, very cool messaging, very funny messaging. I think mm -hmm. they tried to go funny with this but it was so dark uh that it just was it was horrible yeah it was a really strange 180 from the mobile ads and getting jobs fast and yeah. sort of the the speed to market and they try to be funny um that was so not it's a funny. mother it's like you spend 24 hours to do your resume uh -huh. and then a recruiter spends six seconds on it right and so the new the new message has gone from like, we're a mobile solution that can get you a job really fast to I'm not quite sure. But the end of the commercial has like tracking your progress through the inter through the job search process, uh, like resume help. It looks like it's they're, they're pitching more of like consulting and supporting you through like the job search and helping you know what's going on. So it was a really convoluted, confusing message. Yes. Even for people like us who live this shit, it should be pretty obvious what the message is. I, I got to assume the regular Joe is going to be really confused. I don't think they're going to laugh. No. They're just going to be kind of like, what the hell did I just watch? So, yeah, Monster, I would recommend going back to the drawing book on that one and uh, hopefully getting it right in round two. The the other one, there was a dad and he's just tucking his kid in and he's on his way out. And the kid asks, Dad, you know, what is a job or something of that nature? And he goes into this pretty much very dark story of, well, you get a job and then you're happy. And then it's a soulless. I mean, it's just it is really dark. It's almost like he's telling his kid 
mm-hmm. a bedtime nightmare story uh, before he just walks out of the fucking room and you, you get I feel sorry for the kid at the end of the commercial. Yeah. And I get the whole like the job search thing and jobs suck. And I mean, that's been a constant message from job boards since forever. But yeah, there, there was like it just wasn't that funny. No. And it wasn't just in, it wasn't inspiring. It was just a real dud. I guess the question would be, are is this batch worse than the purple Bugs Bunny uh, Converse wearing commercials? Yeah, I, I think I don't know if they're worse. I just think they're bad in many different ways. <laughs> All, the, all yeah. of those. I think they were on the right track there for a while because it was really kind of inspiring to say, hey, just found a job on Monster. Just apply to, for a job on Monster. I won't be here soon. They pan away and the guy's like, yeah, whatever. Then they pan back and the person's not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's really funny and it's cool. And it's like, oh, shit, I want to I want to use Monster because, you know, they can get me a job fast. That was a very simplistic message. And like you said, this one is incredibly dark, convoluted. And it's like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. And the other thing strange to me is like the only thing they've really done since Scott took over is the video stuff sort of gain traction studios. I mean, just why don't just roll the dice and like show an app where you're seeing videos of recruiters talking about the job and uh, like Instagram for jobs and you're flipping through videos of recruiters. Like to me, that would have been at least something unique that would have made people go, oh, shit, I'm going to go download Monster, or go check it out if I haven't for a while. The whole message of, you know, we'll help, we'll be there with you, we'll help you with your resume. It just did, it just seemed really disjointed from everything that we've, we've talked to Monster about in the last year or so. Yep. It was overshadowed by darkness. <laughs> Get it together, Monster. Oh, shit. Well, let's get away from this. Let's talk about the LTG and the L to the T to the G and breezy breezy. So 18 million, right? Uh, so I'm kind of confused on that because it says the purchase of the town acquisition software, the initial 12 million, right? And then for further performance payments are expected over the next three years capped at 18. So okay. To me, yeah, to me, that sounds more like 30, the prospect of 30, not to mention you take a look at valuation wise, their their revenue for 2018 was 3.6. And we'll categorize Breezy as an ATS, you're right? Yeah, SMB. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, to me, this is, you know, the great consolidation of some of these ATSs. To me, this is maybe another step in the direction of these little guys getting, you know, sort of gobbled up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of this. I also think it's interesting um, in regards to the whole, you know, waking the dead resumes trend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Breezy, Breezy had a product uh, similar to Crowded, and Crowded is a whole other issue um, other than their business model. But um, <laughs> you know, is that a is that something that wasn't working? Uh, was it something that wasn't taking off the way that they wanted? I don't know if this is sort of a vote against um, the whole trend of getting your resumes, uh, the old resumes back to life, or maybe it was such a small piece of it that it didn't really matter. But that was the only question I had in regards to sort of breezy um, being gobbled up by uh, LTG. Yeah, you know me. On the SMB side of the house, I'm, I'm not sure that there's a huge market for the whole kind of revitalization of a resume database that doesn't currently exist right now, right? Because you're, you're getting these companies into a a system and they probably didn't have one before. Uh, 
I see the the whole waking the dead. I mean, I think candidate ID right now is the the ones who are really focused heavily on that from an engagement and kind of nurturing standpoint. But um, but that's more on the enterprise side. Maybe the ATSs that just tag it on as extra aren't getting it right, and the the companies that just focus on that are yeah. getting it right. Right. So I yep. think being able to keep those different point solutions and brands is incredibly smart and that's what ltg is doing with breezy Breezy's going to keep its brand here's the big thing for me integration activity is expected to leverage components of breezy software to support swifter and richer feature releases to people fluence enterprise product customers so ltg also owns people fluent mm-hmm. people fluent is an old nasty UX type of system. I think uh, LTG wasn't only buying Breezy to be able to get into the SMB market. I think they were buying Breezy for UI and UX to help on the people fluent side of the house because they bought them a couple of years ago. I think I agree with that. but I, And I have one big question. Did this deal go down on a Sunday because it would have been Breezy on Sunday morning. Ah, nothing like a, a Lionel Richie. <laughs> Breezy Just on when you Sunday wish you morning. had the cricket soundbite and uh, it's not on the soundboard. Oh, yeah, it was so nice. So nice. Yeah. I, I, so here's the thing, and this is what we should be looking for. And, and people fluent customers should be looking for because people fluent is an older platform. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine the, ima- the amount of technical debt they're dealing with on a daily basis. Is, uh, is Breezy going to, number one, just apply new lipstick to the same old people fluent pig? Mm-hmm. Or are they, just going, are they actually going to help people fluent become a more agile platform with better UI, UX? And I'm leaning toward the former where it's all about the lipstick on the pig at this point, but uh, who knows? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I think it's separate brands and cash checks and snap necks if they can do it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Google. Holy cow. We've almost gone half a show without talking about Google, uh, but they're in, they're in the news this week. Yeah. Uh, they released uh, a work from home option in their mm-hmm. Google for jobs schema markup. Uh, this is sort of on the heels of uh, relocation jobs or something recently. I'm, I'm kind of spacing on commute. Yeah. Commute job search. And then uh, they launched uh, the capability to do enhanced job search in over 100 different languages. That happened yep. last month. So those two did. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think this is a big story. Um, I think it's a growing segment. People who want to work from home and companies that are willing to do that. Mm. And I, my guess is most job sites don't have a category or an easy way to sort of locate these kinds of jobs. So the fact that Google at least, you know, uh, is aware that this is something that's growing and they, you know, they get the benefit of search data to see how many people are searching work from home. Um, and I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. is, is in terms of their job search API, if some of this, this innovation and th- these features are driven by, people going on uh, career builder or dice or whatever uh, people who are using the Google jobs API and searching, you know, work from home. And that's driving a lot of the innovation around Google for jobs. I got to think it does. It's probably to an extent. Uh, the, the thing, the thing that I would like to focus on is not just the work for home piece. It is that Google is building better job search brick by brick. So we're talking about 
uh, commute, you know, search for commute, either walking distance or public transportation. That's one piece. And all these other job search companies didn't have that. Then they were talking about over 100 languages search in, a, in, in over 100 different languages. These other companies didn't have that. Now they're doing work from home. I mean, it's yeah. like brick by brick and they're not big bricks, right? So it's bit brick by brick and they are building not just a better job search, but they are starting to with the the uh, the job search API, the talent solutions job search API. They're starting to really aggregate the entire fucking market to use their systems to use their API. So I think this yeah. is more of the long game and just building that foundation brick by brick. So you can so you can put your brand on top of it because that's what's happening. We talked to uh, Stephen Rothberg about. College recruiter, their brand is on the on the the Google Foundation, Career Builder, uh, Jibe. I mean, all these different companies, they're putting their house on yeah. this and Google Foundation. That, um, you know, when you look at it's a tale of two cities, right? So you have Monster with very little innovation and throwing money at bad advertising. Let's be honest, and then you have Google, who does very little advertising. I mean, yeah. they did a Super Bowl ad. I'll give them that. Um, but they're way more focused on how do we incrementally improve the product for the good of the job seeker. And I think that, you know, if you were looking at strategies, yes. what Google is doing is far more uh, beneficial and effective than what throwing ad, you know, throwing money at advertising um, is probably doing for Monster. But yeah, I, I love I love that every few weeks out of Google, we get something new, even though it's it's maybe small. They keep chugging along and it's it's really cool yeah. to see. It is. And this is another message to talent acquisition professionals out there, HR professionals, get your shit together because all of this also ramps back to Google for jobs. So all of these jobs are searchable there. And if you're not applying the right tags for maybe remote or virtual work, right? Uh, work from home, whatever you want to call it. If you're not putting salary, if you're not doing all these different things, then you're not going to rank as well, number one. And then number two, if your user experience sucks and you have a bunch of job seekers jumping into your job and then getting the fuck out quickly, Google sees that. So you have an opportunity right now to rank better than all those different job boards that are out there. Those job sites that you're paying to be on, you have to do a better job or you're not going to get rewarded and your ass is going to be down at the bottom of the pile where job seekers aren't going to see your shit. Were you a secret shopper in my ERE presentation yesterday about Google for Jobs? Sometimes, sometimes I think we share a brain. We probably, which is, oh, uh, that's scary. A, <laughs> Such an asshole. <laughs> I will say depressingly that uh, educators like us have a long way to go um, with most of the market when it comes to Google for jobs. Most oh, yeah. people, we saw most, sure, most people I talk to in HR can't even spell SEO, let alone understand what the hell you just said on this podcast. Lead, follower, get the hell out of the way, everybody. Um, get the speaking fuck of VRE, out of the way. Our boy Colin Day yes. out of iSims uh, had, I don't, would, I, yeah. would you call it scathing, revealing, uh, honest, transparent, um, brutal? One of the things that we get out of Colin is that, you know, he has a vision and one of the, the visions for his organization is definitely close partnership with Google. And he actually penned uh, an ERE article. Yeah. 
uh, around Google for Jobs and said Google for Jobs, without being sidetracked to an intermediary, increased their traffic for their clients. They have like 4,000 clients or some shit like that to 134%. So increased, increased. So candidate, candidate traffic was more than yep. doubled. And I mean, from our standpoint, I definitely, I want to get Colin or Al, CTO over there on the pod to talk more about this and to get into the trenches on this. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the article's entitled, uh, What We're Seeing So Far From Google for Jobs. It's on ere.net. Uh, and in addition to some of the numbers, he goes into some optimization tips, like putting salary information on your job postings. Um, candidate data stuff that's interesting. I mean, it's a really good article. Um, and we don't get a lot of CEO uh, blog posts like this on sort of yeah. platforms. He's, he's been out yeah, there. he has been. But this is the first time I've seen him post on at least DRE um, in such a sort of passionate way. So I hope we see more out of this from Colin as well as uh, other CEOs that are leveraging Google. Because uh, I think, you know, ultimately... Most of the ATSs, you know, find job boards to be a pain in the ass and to be middlemen that are unnecessary. They might not say mm-hmm. it publicly, but they certainly say it to us privately. Um, and, yeah. and Google Google for Jobs takes out that middleman and makes the ATS slash the career site the original source of the job, which frankly it should be. Um, and I think that's the direction, the direction that we're going. And that's pretty good for the ATS business. Yeah, if Al and Colin and all the team over at ISIMS can help their clients get their shit together because they don't know what the fuck they're doing, right? Then that would be awesome mm-hmm. because you could lead the industry. And obviously, that's not bad for business either. Yeah. Fortunately for ISIMS, I mean, they're doing a lot of the work for the companies. I mean, the, the, the data that goes yeah. in is what the company does, but uh, at least ISIMS is working really closely with Google to make sure that they're. I, you know, eyes are dotted and their T's are crossed. Now, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, hear from our buddies at Sovereign, and we'll talk about uh, LinkedIn and Elon Musk losing his shit. <laughs> Sovereign AI matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find, rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Boom. So LinkedIn's in the news. First and foremost, I guess they're saying bye-bye to their standalone job search app. Um, and the job search will be yeah, will be sense. part of the lone LinkedIn app, which I'm sure everyone's using. I don't know how many are using the job search app, but the job search will just roll into yeah. one um, application. Yeah, I guess that makes sense <laughs> to put all the content, the profiles, and the jobs into one app. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I don't see LinkedIn being like a Facebook where you download a separate you know messaging app from the main app and and mm-hmm. doing multiple things. I think LinkedIn is just fine with that one app that does everything. And they should. And, and it sounds like, or at least reports have, have, have come in saying that Facebook is looking to roll mess- Messenger into their their native app as well. So um, yeah, it seems like, you know, th- there was kind of like this trend of let's build more apps and ha- have people download more apps where now uh, they can start uh, pulling people into a core 
app. And I think from LinkedIn's standpoint, it makes sense because I would say, and I have to take a look at numbers, that obviously more people have the LinkedIn app versus the LinkedIn jobs app. Um, so everybody who doesn't have the LinkedIn jobs app, you're not going to be as exposed to that job search. If they can do that on their core app, then it just makes more sense. You can expose more individuals quicker and do more things. So they said that they're not going to lose any functionality from uh, going from yep. two apps to one app. Yeah. And they're they're doing a lot more advertising. I mean, in, in some of the bigger markets when I travel and we saw this in Chicago, I mean, they're they're pretty active in the job search. Uh, advertising. And it just doesn't make sense to confuse the consumer with, okay, I can't search for jobs no. on the, the app with profiles and the newsfeed, or it's different than what I have to download separately. So yeah, it makes a ton of sense to put these under one roof right? Um, in my mind, and it should be a good thing for them. At ERE though, you heard some things about price increases and that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. An email went out to uh, agency partners of LinkedIn um, basically talking about a price increase. So um, the the email was basically, you know, as your team plans for the second half of this year and into 2000, uh, we want to inform you that we're increasing the prices of LinkedIn recruiter uh, and job slots for purchases and renewals beginning July 1st, 2019. Um, we consider a lot of factors when we raise our prices, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the U.S. will see a... Uh, okay, so some customers in the U.S., uh, may experience an increase. Um, others will s- receive an increase in both recruiter up to 3% and jobs no more than 2%. Uh, this will depend on a customer size and hiring scale. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, recruiter pricing will increase by up to 7%. Hello. Uh, for jobs, some customers may not experience any, any increase while others will receive an increase of up to 3%. So it's a little bit gray on exactly who's going to get this price increase, but yeah. definitely some people are going to see their bills go up. So every company that I talk to, every company, when we bring up LinkedIn, they go directly to prices saying, I can't believe it's so fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Already. And it's going to get worse because as GDPR and privacy and people's rights and consumers' rights continue to trend throughout the developed world, um, LinkedIn is in the driver's seat because the profiles they have were actually put on there by the people who are on there. They weren't scraped from about us pages. They weren't, you know, scraped out of GitHub or anywhere else. Um, the sourcing sites that we talk about a lot are going to be in, in trouble as privacy concerns continue to raise. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is going to be safe. And as a result, those prices are going to go up. So get used to it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Still fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said winning was cheap. <laughs> so now we need Google to step up and find some way to like battle the profiles that are on LinkedIn. Anyway, Tesla driverless in the news. Elon Musk losing his mind. Dude, yeah. So like next year, they say Tesla is going to launch driverless taxi services, like much like an Uber. So any owner will be able to add or remove their car if it's a Model 3 or a Model S initially Mm -hmm. from the Tesla network and earn revenue. Um, Tesla will take about 25 to 30% of that that revenue. Uh, In areas where there aren't a large pool of these vehicles, Tesla will obviously supply its own. So how is this going to work? Well, the way that I looked at it was 
it's going to be like Uber, but without mm-hmm. you having to be in the car to earn cash. You just have your car on autopilot mm-hmm. and Tesla auto and, and you put it in in the network, right? So it's it's on your car is working for Tesla and Tesla can call your car out of your fucking driveway to go pick somebody up, drop them off and then you know, continue doing that or yep. just return it back to your driveway. Um, I'm sure you can call it back or, or what have you. But uh, a Tesla expects that the, the actual driverless fleet will cost uh, consumers about 18 cents per mile, yep. where today it's about two to three dollars per mile. And uh, they're looking at a gross profit at about 65 cents per mile. It's pretty interesting, but it, and I love the concept. But to say that it's going to be out next year <laughs> is what gets me like what really so i i had two <laughs> thoughts on this story the first one was i can't wait till some silicon valley hotshot hacks into the tesla system and and yeah. drives all the cars into the bay one day the other thing oh, i thought fuck. of was and albeit for me to like question the almighty elon musk the dude's a genius no doubt but i feel like he's moving away from like thomas edison category to like howard hughes category <laughs> and in 10 years, we're going to be looking on Elon and he's going to have like really long toenails and fingernails. And he's going to be like riding in a Tesla uh, with just in his underwear, ordering Big Macs out of McDonald's or something like I just feel like his I feel like his his course, current course is a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Well, he's predicting within the next two years, Tesla will produce cars without steering wheels or pedals. Yeah. And within the next three years, those cars are going to cost about $25,000 less than what they do now. <laughs> that gets me itchy to be able to sit oh, yeah. in a fucking car and literally have no control over what's going on. Ah, fuck, man. I don't know. Well, and then he says, if you buy anything but a Tesla in the next three years, you might you might as well have just bought a, a horse and buggy. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just saying some shit that's pretty nutty, and I'm I'm kind of worried about it. He might be putting in just yeah, too many hours I don't, I don't, at the office. I don't find I don't find that so far off, just because he's just pretty much saying, "Hey, look, my shit's better than theirs, way better than theirs." How long's the combustion engine been around? Mm-hmm. You know, I just hope his ass can cash the checks that his mouth is writing. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll <laughs> find out. It'll be fun to watch. That's for sure. We need we need it's we need fun. him to it's launch some scary. sort of employment solution that we can really dig into Elon Musk and and his insanity. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> overall this is interesting seeing this technology perspectively. It hasn't yet moved this fast because it will start to obviously come to our industry that much faster. I mean, Moore's law is a bitch, man. It is moving fucking fast. Yeah, I mean, it, as we've talked before, it'll it'll impact you know between one and three million jobs in the U.S. alone for people who drive vehicles. So this will be fun to watch, and it will impact employment in some way. So we'll be watching yep. Elon. Uh, we have a new a new ad from Job Ad X, dude. I'm pretty excited. Play it. Let's listen to it, and uh, we'll come back and talk about Facebook and facials. Finding the right fit is important. When you're deciding on shoes for a long day at the trade show, when you're picking the right podcast for your commute, and most importantly, when you're looking for the right candidate. With JobAdX, you can attract more relevant, engaged candidates to your jobs by harnessing the best in ad tech targeting. From predictive industry analysis and keyword click data to premium first page placement 
and reducing redundant applications, our candidate targeting technology ensures that you're reaching talent that's as interested in working with you as you are with them. Now with in-ad video and multimedia, you can share your employer brand story and company culture with job seekers so they can visualize themselves in your office, all hands meeting, or axe throwing team building adventure, all without navigating away from your job posting. Increased engagement makes for fewer steps between job seeker and new team member. Ready to ramp up your job advertising campaigns with the best in ad tech? Visit our new website at www.jobadx.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Attract, engage, employ with JobAdX. Oh, and happy anniversary to our favorite dangerous dudes. Thanks for all the traffic, shout-outs, and good laughs. JobAdX, proudly Team Chad and Cheese in 2019. Very nice. Aww. Way to suck up to the show. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it. Knowing that we did the axe throwing, they mentioned podcast, I mean, all that stuff in the actual ad. And then at the end, the the ultimate suck up. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think we're going to see them in Portugal, right? We will have to, to oh, buy yeah. drinks for that uh, suck up. We appreciate that. That's not how we do things. We don't buy drinks. That's true. <laughs> we, don't, we don't buy drinks. Who are we kidding? All right. Facebook. Uh, voice assistant, right? Uh-huh. They're taking on Alexa. They're taking on Google Home, Siri, yes. whatever voice assistant you can think of. Um, are we bullish on this? Bearish on it? Too late? Too soon? Or too little? Too late? Or just the right time? So currently, Facebook's portal which we'll talk about in a second, uses Amazon's Alexa for voice assistance. But their Oculus group, which is in Redmond, Washington, is mm-hmm. now working on this 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 voice product. It's interesting because Portal, I always thought, was kind of odd. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a Facebook calling device. It, that's really what I thought it was, but obviously there's more to it. There's no question. Facebook is a big player in this game one of the 800 pound gorillas yep they have to differentiate themselves with these different types of tech they can't they can't just hope that amazon isn't going to kick them out one of these days right so they i think this is a move they have to make i think they've waited too long to make it uh but i think it's damn smart yeah i think they'd be well served for this not to be a direct competitor to alexa but i think it i think it needs i think they need to integrate their own solution into their own products. So Oculus and virtual reality and augmented reality, I still believe like they think is going to be a thing. Um, And to integrate a voice into their Oculus virtual reality product makes a ton of sense, right? So you've got your headset on and your your earphones and everything, and you're talking uh, your way through whatever game or whatever situation in virtual reality. To me, that works a lot better than, you know, having a joystick in each hand and trying to figure out, you know, where you're going and what's going on. If you can voice interact with uh, virtual reality, I think it becomes a lot more um, impactful. So my guess is that's where they're going with it primarily. I don't think it's so much as an Alexa killer or a Google Home killer. It's just their own solution to their own sort of products. Yeah, no, I I disagree 100%. They're looking to go directly against Google Home, Alexa. I mean, if you take a look at the actual portal product, 
it looks very not the not the big expanded one but the smaller one looks almost like a google home so these are products that are direct competitors yeah there's no question right. i think they'll lose that battle uh if that is their strategy i do too but if you don't fight you always lose so it's good that they're actually getting I'm so the fight. sick like you know everyone tried to make a phone and lost you know everybody it's just yeah i mean they'll they'll do it and lose and waste a lot of money but yeah we'll talk about it and it'll be fun <laughs> um but yeah don't don't sell on virtual reality just yet all right moving on <laughs> i'm super tired facial recognition facial recognition so you there was there a story that you shared or are we just talking about facial recognition in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, it was like one of the things that you wanted to talk about. Okay. Well, I got something to say about it. I think, I think that, um, you know, off the record conversations with some of the sourcing solutions. Yeah. Talk quite a bit around how do we, how do we integrate facial recognition into sourcing? So in other words, mm-hmm. will there ever be an API um, from companies that, can identify faces and then connect mm-hmm. that face to let's say a LinkedIn profile or connect that to a GitHub profile. And then based on where people are, can you track their movements and either advertise to them or conveniently, you know, bump into them um, as they're doing things in their regular life. I just think that people don't, people don't really understand probably like how powerful and scary facial recognition is and how much our government um, and who knows who else is doing this shit. But I mean, it's freaky to me when I post a picture on Facebook and it automatically knows every face in the picture. But now you start, now you start consumerizing that or commercializing it. And then what kind of things can you, can you do from a recruiting standpoint? Um, to right. target people by face and it becomes a little bit scary. We are training the tech. So when we go into the actual Facebook uh, photos area and we start tagging our own faces and other people's faces, we're training their technology to recognize. So, I mean, we're doing that as humans and we're the stupid monkeys behind the scenes. Go figure. Uh, but there was a pretty scary, interesting uh, story about uh, an individual who is getting onto a plane and they said, well, you know, instead of giving you uh, your ID, give me your boarding pass and look into this camera. She looked into the camera and it automatically identified her as the person with the boarding pass. And she was like, wait a minute, what just happened? And there was this whole Twitter uh, feed of questions and answers from this lady saying, wait a minute, do you have my face, my facial recognition, you know, in your software? And they're like, no, no. The airline was like, no, that was actually from the federal government. They have that. And they're like, well, how did you get it? And how, you know, so there are all these different questions of, wait a minute, how enemy of the state is this shit? If you haven't seen the Will Smith movie, enemy of the state, watch it right now. Uh, because this is exactly where we're getting facial recognition cameras all over the fucking place. It, it is, it's scary to an extent, but also looking at the flip side, there are individuals who are getting kicked out because they're using somebody else's mm-hmm. name. And when they go into facial recognition, uh, facial recognition is actually kicking them out. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in minority report as well. And I guess, I guess also oh, on the positive yeah. side, if you're a criminal, you're in trouble. Or uh, if you've done a DNA test and you're related to a criminal, they're in trouble. <laughs> like 
the 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 spider web of all this shit is just really creepy. Um, and I don't know what to make of it, but I I know I'm going to keep my nose clean because damn, you can't do anything bad anymore. No, no. I'm just glad that we grew up in the eighties and we didn't have Mm -hmm. all this shit, uh, recording everything that's fucking going on. I mean, these kids, uh, have no fucking clue because like I had said before, I mean, some of my kids have like 30,000 pictures, selfies on Instagram, right? And that is all focused on learning and facial recognition. It's like, dude, there's a ton of data that we are feeding into the beast every single fucking day. Let's just say if wearing parachute pants was a crime, I'd have been locked up a long time ago. So guilty. We out. (laughs) We out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because... Well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. Hide your kids. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.